welcome to the Gin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss current events in the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We can't discuss all of the headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. We have a birthday in the house. Yay. Happy birthday, Kareen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it is not my 50th birthday, contrary to the beliefs of my team. <laughs> <laughs> I um, It was so lovely, and it's going to make the best story ever, but I was just in Orlando, and we just brought on some new advisors, so we had to get together like a little lunch and learn to go over some things. And I walk in and I see like happy 50th birthday balloons. And then I see like a chalkboard sandwich board, happy 50th birthday. And I was like to my business partner, John, Are the, is this for me? And she's like, yeah, happy 50th. And I was like, there were curse words that I'll leave out. But like, I'm 49. <laughs> I remember when you sent me those pictures, I'm like, how did I not know you were turning 50? And you're like, because I'm not. <laughs> so and you know I what? Mean, they, can, they can save that chalkboard for next year. They don't have well, to They crossed out 50 and put 49 on the chalkboard. But I mean, they went all out. Like they got me a red velvet cake from Gideon's. And if you're from the Orlando area, you know it probably cost him about $7,000 for that cake. Uh, I had balloons, gifts, the 50, you know, candle. Uh, It was, and Prosecco all around. It was really lovely and made me feel very special. Um, I just had to get over the insult, but I'm honestly not very hung up on age. So I just decided I'm going to be 50 for two years. I mean, I guess you don't just turn 50 once, right? You're going to turn 50 twice. Right. Well, and I, I rode there with one of our teammates, Whitney, and I, I can't imagine what might have been going through her head as I was telling her how me and our friends are planning a big trip next year for our 50th in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she caught it or if she was like, oh, God, <laughs> like, I don't know, thinking maybe we were planning far in the future. But anyway, it was lovely, and they're so sweet to do that for me, but I am... 49. I have one more year. (laughs) Anyway, this episode is brought to you by Toby AI and Voyager websites. Visit voyagersocial.ai to take Toby for a walk. The first article we have is from Travel Age West, and I really enjoyed reading this because it talks about three common client objections and how to respond. And I think one of the biggest things and one of the most helpful things we as advisors can do is to have a set response template Mm -hmm. for the most common responses. Because if you're anything like me, you might have an emotional reaction when you first read an objection, whether that's questioning your fees or, you know, all these things that make you feel like you're being undermined and or disrespected, which may not be the case, but it's something that I have struggled with. It's usually not the case. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) to have a template with a canned response that you can customize is super helpful. And so this article, please go to the show notes, click on the link and look through it yourself to see if any of these responses 
will be helpful for you to add to your little template list. Also so, just inspire you to like brainstorm some, like just write okay. out one-liners, paragraphs, like the more you write it out and then say it out loud to the mirror or whatever, to no one, it just yes. helps you build that confidence. I, uh, I don't know if you all know how I feel about role-playing, but I would rather run <laughs> and jump off the roof of a skyscraper than role-play, but I'm definitely not above just saying things out loud so that I can practice saying them, but just to no one. Exactly. But Teresa I, will totally role play. So, oh yeah. I if you guys need assistance, I mean, I will, I will help you build that muscle. So, Corinne, I know you hate role playing, but if you ever want to practice out, practice your objections, I will be more than happy to do so. So, the very first objection they have listed here is pricing, and one of the most common questions is, is it cheaper to book with you? So one of the advisors they interview here is Lauren Doyle of The Travel Mechanic. She says she regularly gets asked that question. And her answer is yes and no. And she says she makes the, that question an opportunity to clarify the value of her work and reminding clients they get more personalized service when working with an advisor. She also notes that she and her team know a good deal when they see one and that by packaging items together, there's usually savings passed on to a client plus extra perks. I love this answer. Yes. Absolutely and love it. It's, it is a really good answer for certain instances of travel, but yeah. sometimes it's like pricing. If that's the number one thing for a client or a potential client, I really make it clear that if pricing is their number one, we're not going to be a good fit. There are certain things like cruises and all-inclusives where that definitely plays a role. But for some things like FITs, maybe not all the time. Uh, Megan of MH Custom Travel, she says that clients sometimes try to spend less on a trip by booking a cheaper airport transfer or opting for a larger group tour versus a private guide. When this happens, she takes the time to explain uh, that clients often regret these decisions later. She says, this cost-cutting approach often leads to higher expenses and added stress during the trip. Imagine staying at a five-star hotel, but your transfer doesn't show up. That can put a damper on the experience. Investing a little more upfront ensures a seamless trip and offers peace of mind. And we're not generally talking about a huge difference in cost. So skimping on things such as transportation, touring, or even travel insurance just doesn't make sense. Yep. Uh, Jennifer Jacob of Teak says that some version of I can get a better deal at Costco, which I know is like all of our kryptonite, is a price related <laughs> comment she's heard over the years. And for this, she scripted a reply that is essentially a mini tutorial on travel on a travel advisor's value, stating, I quote, I understand your concern about finding the best deals online. As a travel agent, my goal isn't to compete with online travel agencies or discount sites. My goal is to ensure that you have the best experience possible, one that is perfectly matched to your vision and interests. There are many times that I do have access to negotiated rates, but the real value is in how I can save you time, stress, and frustration either prior to traveling or while actually in the destination. If you're looking for the lowest rate, I absolutely understand and respect your decision to book elsewhere. However, if you're looking for a custom experience, I'd love a chance to show you the difference of working with a travel advisor. I say that often. Like, I understand if price is the bottom line and that's all mm -hmm. that matters to you, that's sure. fair. I get it. Um, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't have to take 
every inquiry that comes through our doors. And, you know, when you're first starting, I know it can be, uh, like when I first started, I took everything and everyone and it was to my own detriment, but you know, how can I know that I don't want to work with this kind of client if I don't have a terrible time with them in the beginning? I don't know. Like, I feel like you know, you know, people can say all they want about, you don't have to take every inquiry and new advisors or even seasoned ones. Uh, I feel like the, the gravity of the situation is not clear until they're in that same situation for themselves. And then they can say, Oh, that's what everyone was talking about. Yeah. We're never doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. Objection number two is control. Um, I always love it when someone sends me a spreadsheet, (laughs) not (laughs) another common challenge that Doyle runs into is a client who reports. I usually plan my own trips. These are travelers who like the sense of control that comes with organizing a vacation. And yet they've reached out to an advisor. She reassures such clients. They still hold decision-making power as the travel advisor. Doyle will narrow down the destination resort or tour options based on client preferences and provide the client with that well curated list. The client still gets the final stay and she introduces clients to Travify where they can review all their trip details, add dining reservations, review points of interest and more. Um, I think there are definitely situations, especially if you're doing a lot of custom FIT like you, where if you like I've had to tell people you want me to do it, but you also want to do it. And and that's never going to work either. Either you let me do it or you do it. And I love, um, I think it's Heather Christopher. I don't know. She's, she's, you know, like a beast in the business now and has kind of rebranded. But her old website, I always admired it because she just lays it out there and mm-hmm. says, we're not going to be in a good, we are not going to be a good fit if you don't allow me to do my job. The way she said it, I don't remember exactly what the words were, but it was just so out there. Like either mm-hmm. you want me to do it or pound sand because yeah. I'm not going to fight with you over everything. Yeah, But it's exactly. very easy to explain to a client, like you can do some research, let me know mm-hmm. the experiences you want. And then what I ask is that you trust me to find the mm-hmm. right options, to curate the right options to fit what you're looking for. And ultimately you are the person who gets to decide in the end. You know, when I first started my business, <laughs> I had a client who was super type A, want to control over everything. And do you know what I did in planning her trip? I will not do this ever again in my life, uh, in, in this career. And it's only happened one time with her. I was on the phone with her for three hours as we put in each individual component to her itinerary. It worked out well. It worked out well at the end because she felt like she had a control and I was able to assist her, but that is never happening again. And it took that experience for me to know like, Hey, you called me, you are trusting me to do a good job. I know what I'm doing. I do this every day. Like you can let me know what it is that you want to see and you want to do figure out the fun parts. Let us deal with all the details behind the scenes, you just let me know where do you want to eat? What restaurant do you want to go to? Like, do you (laughs) want to do this activity on this day or this day? You know, those kinds of things, but you still have control over 
what you want us to put into your itinerary. It's your trip. It's custom to you. But the micromanaging stuff is not happening. Yeah. Read it. So Jennifer Jacob also has a nice little uh, blurb here for you. I recommend that you go and copy and paste these into your, uh, wherever you keep your research so that you can practice them. (laughs) She says, (laughs) quote, I completely understand. A lot of the fun is in researching and creating anticipation for the destination before traveling. As a travel agent, my goal is to enhance your travel experience and provide you with expert advice, personalized recommendations, and insider knowledge that you may not find on your own. I consider this a collaborative experience. You're welcome to share anything that you found as a must-have, and I will work to enhance that idea through my knowledge and the connections that I have with in-destination partners. I can also handle any unexpected issues or changes that may arise during your trip. This is your trip, not mine. I'm happy to work together with you to make it everything you want it to be. The number of clients uh, that I've worked with who initially, when we had our discovery call, that they asked like, hey, is it just you putting together an itinerary and that's it and we have no say in it? And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's not. Yes, that'll be $10,000, please. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You have no say in this custom itinerary and whether or not this is the hotel for you. Like, no, no say at all. So it's just sometimes educating people in the fact that, yes, they still have agency when it comes to planning their trip. Yep. The third objection is paying fees and what a topic it is for this industry. It's a hot Being one. Tra- yeah, super hot. Being transparent about your business model, booking process, and professional value is key when a client questions your advising fee. Rather than feeling defensive, Jennifer Jacob reminds fellow advisors to simply explain things. Not all clients truly understand what an advisor does, and they may not value the work until they do. To that end, if a client says something such as, I'm already paying for the trip, so why should I pay an additional fee? Her suggested response is, I understand your concern about additional fees, especially if you've never worked with a travel advisor previously. The planning fee covers the time, expertise, and personalized service I provide as a travel advisor. Not only does it compensate me for all the prior travel that I have invested in, but it also allows me to thoroughly research and curate the best options for you, ensuring every detail is taken care of. I work on your behalf to secure the best deals, make reservations, coordinate logistics, and provide ongoing support. By investing in my services, you're gaining a dedicated travel professional who will go above and beyond to create a memorable trip for you. I'd love an opportunity to showcase the value that we can provide to your special trip. Yep. And it says, of course, scripts such as these can be altered to fit your tone in your business, but having something prepared makes these inevitable conversations significantly breeze. So use these as inspiration. Do some brainstorming, like write it out the way that you would say it that sounds natural to you. And you'll feel so much more relaxed and confident if you run up against an objection like this, like you've already got a little copy and paste response that you can maybe personalize a little bit to make it work for any situation. You know how I feel about templates. (laughs) Well, also I know that if you're newer to charging fees, if you've never done it before, it can be really scary. Like I was hyperventilating when I first sent out a fee uh, message, like the very first one. I remember exactly where I was 
It was at the Fort Lauderdale airport. I was on a, a layover coming back from Cancun from a conference and I had a honeymoon inquiry and I'm like, you know what? I just learned at the conference. I should value my time. I am going to charge this fee or at least let them know that there's a fee. So I sent the email and I was like, this is what it is. If they don't want to pay it, I will feel really bad. But you know, at least I made the first step. So I sent the email and then I shut my laptop and went on my flight because <laughs> I like didn't want to deal with it, but I just stressed yeah. about it the entire flight. And when I landed, I opened, I turned on my phone, I checked my email and they're like, that sounds great. And I'm like, oh my God, I was worried for nothing. And the more you present your fee, the more you ask for the fee, the more confident you are. Right now, if a client reaches out or a potential client in inquiry and they are not willing to pay my fee, it's not a big deal to me because I'm like, well, I already know a lot of other people who will and they have and they value my expertise. So it doesn't bother me the same way that it used to in the past. So if that's something you want to do, start, get past your initial mental block on this. I know it's very scary, but you're not going to be more comfortable if you don't start. And if you have written out some possible responses, you're going to feel a lot better because then if you get an objection back, you'll be prepared for it. You won't be like, oh, what do I say? Yeah. So like if you're going to start, go ahead and come up with some responses to the potential objections you might get so that you're ready to roll if somebody Mm -hmm. pushes back. And I think you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And I'm sure you can attest to this. Like after you get the first fee, your confidence just skyrockets. You just feel so much more comfortable. Because you're being more fairly compensated for your time. And if they do decide like, hey, we're not going to be able to go on this trip anymore because XYZ came up or they decide to book on their own. You have been compensated for the time you put in to putting the itinerary together for them. Yep. All right. So I don't know anyone who hasn't gotten the old, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but can you tell me what do you think is the best time to book this airfare? So this article is from Travel Agent Central, and it is called The Best Time to Book Air According to Google. It's nearly September, which means if you haven't started planning your holiday travel yet, now is the time to start. But the good news is that while you may need to hurry to secure your hotel reservations, the ideal time to book your airfare has not yet passed. So according to a recent product update from Google, which detailed updates to its Google Google. <laughs> Google Flights resource, the best time to book flights for Christmas is in early October. For trips starting in mid-December, you're most likely to find the best deals in October. Average prices tend to be low as 71 days before departure, a big change from Google's 2022 insights, which found that average prices were lowest just 22 days before departure. Yeah, last year was like the year of last-minute travel. So this trend appears to be following the return to normal and booking trends um, because people are not waiting until the last minute to make travel decisions. Overall, the typical low price range is now 54 to 78 days before takeoff. Similarly, if you're booking a flight to Europe, as seemingly everyone is doing this year, tell me about it. 
the best time to purchase your ticket is 72 days or more before departure. In other words, average airfares from the US to Europe only tend to increase over time, especially once you're about 10 weeks from departure. So if you have plans of heading across the Atlantic, you should book your flight as soon as possible. So I feel really good. I actually have someone trying to pick my brain about this now to be like, well, Google just did a study and this is what they said. And there's no way to know for sure. Cause sometimes people just like to think, even if it's not true, you know, that yeah. they have. Um, and I just, so I just got my accommodations for the Asta river cruise convention or expo and I was surprised because I went on to look at what business class flights are looking like. And it was only, I say only, quote unquote, $2,500, which to me is killer compared to what business class, like amazing. So I booked it. <laughs> that is an incredible price considering yeah. that some main cabin or economy flights to Europe have been $2,000. Yep. I just paid $3,700 per ticket for my Europe trip this last summer. And I was dying because I've, I mean, I know it's always expensive, but I've never mm -hmm. paid more than $3,000 a ticket. Yeah. And usually it's more around that $2,500 range. But because I'm in Mexico, I can't use any of my tricks like throwaway hotels or any mm -hmm. of that stuff. I can't get wholesale rates. So I jumped on it. Yeah. See you in Amsterdam if you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Our last article is from Travel Age West from our friend Ken Shapiro. It talks about uh, AI, which is a, like a trending topic and has been. Oh, he yeah. writes, AI is not a tool for travel advisors yet, but many believe it could impact their career. I know you have been using AI and we've talked about this oh, in yeah. the past. I've been using it and a lot of other advisors, they've been playing around with it. And I use the the free version of ChatGPT because <laughs> I'm not paying for it yet until I can 100% know how to utilize it in the process of my business. But even the free yeah. version is amazing. And if you haven't tried it yet, please just give it a shot. It is not as complicated as you think it is. And I know from personal experience, that was what kept me from trying it out in the beginning because I thought I would have to know all these things. Do you know how many YouTube videos I watched? I went and took some free courses on Coursera to see how to best utilize ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do that. Yeah. Type in random prompts just to see how it works for you. You don't even have to do anything travel related or business related. Just play around with it and see how it works for you. And... Don't be afraid to give it further prompts. So like I had, I had it write something for me and it was a little formal. So I was just like, can you write it in a friendlier tone? Boom. Magic. Yes. I was yes. like, that is exactly what I needed. So whatever it spits out to you, you don't have to rewrite your whole prompt. Mm -hmm. You can right. just say, can you make it a friendlier tone? Can you make it funny? Can you, you know, like yes. you yes. can have it refine what it's written. Exactly. And if you want it to be shorter, you can even tell it how many words I might say, that is great. Thank you. Because I am very polite to my AI because it's too. a learning tool. I'm like, that's great. Thank you. Can you rewrite in less than a hundred words? And they will rewrite the entire thing in less than a hundred words. Yep. 
And then you find that you get more and more creative with what you want to ask it to write. (laughs) So play around with it. You'll be surprised at how, how useful it can be. So Ken writes, according to a survey of more than 250 advisors, part of Travel Age West's Need to Know series, 84% of agents do not currently use AI in their agencies, and only 7% say their customers have asked them about AI for trip planning. Two-thirds, 66%, have not even experimented with any of the AI platforms. Christine Vincent, a business technology manager of North America for Travel Savers and Nest, She's quoted as saying, these statistics show that there is significant untapped potential in the use of AI among travel advisors. This presents an opportunity for forward-thinking travel agencies to harness the power of generative AI, distinguishing themselves by delivering unique online experiences. Of the 16% who say they do use AI, the top reason for using it is marketing, followed by website content creation, itinerary planning, and improving other internal processes. I know I've used ChatGPT to rewrite some of the copy on my website, and it's been very helpful. How many times have you been asked to write a bio on yourself, (laughs) whether you're a speaker somewhere or, you know, for captions for social, who knows, and you have no idea what to write about yourself. You can ask ChatGPT to write a bio for you, and that could be a good starting point for you to figure out, oh, you know what? I am this amazing how did I not know that I'm so glad you said that because I hadn't thought about that and I just get sick every time someone's like send me a quick bio yeah <laughs> I don't like writing and, them at and all so just as an example of a prompt in case people need it for bios you can just say please write a bio for me that is less than a hundred words mm-hmm. I am a travel advisor. I specialize in these experiences. My favorite things to book is this. My favorite part of my job is this. And click enter. It'll pop up a sample for you and you can decide whether or not the wording is to your liking. You can change it as needed based on what it spits out. Yep. She says, for those concerned about AI's impact, I say flip the narrative. See AI as your co-pilot guiding you through the digital expanse, making every pit stop a story worth sharing. So like ChatGPT is not great for itinerary planning per se, Mm -hmm. because it's only has stuff up to 2021, but try writing your, um, your library items in your itinerary builder, you know, descriptions for different things, make it Mm -hmm. a lot more, give it a lot more personality than maybe when you're just writing things out. So, or like I, I mentioned on another episode, like one time I just was like, tell me um, what to do for three days in Paris for someone who doesn't like museums. And mm-hmm. it spit out a whole bunch of ideas that I could then take and then go and do the further research. So it just gave me a little bit of a step up, some ideas and I posted something a couple of weeks ago on my um, Travel Biz Boss Instagram that was basically like, AI is not going to replace your job, but people using AI will. You cannot sleep on this. You cannot mm-hmm. fight it. It is, the, the, like they said, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Yeah. This, is, this is happening. <laughs> this, is, this is our reality. So you got to keep up or it's going to be tough. Ken says that all the advisors using the technology are satisfied with the experience. 
42% are very satisfied and 58% are somewhat satisfied. Most of the advisors who don't currently use AI have no plans to use technology in their business in the future. And the most common reason for not using AI is the need to learn more about it, followed by distrust of the platforms. Yeah. I would say in response to that is maybe carve out like 30 minutes. I think 30 minutes is all you'll need just to learn more about it. Because when you distrust something, it's really because you don't know enough about it to be able to fully utilize this tool. This tool is so powerful. And I think if you set aside some time to give it a shot, you'll come to find that you can use it to really elevate the experience, but also to just make your life easier, save so much time. The long-term impact of AI is still uncertain for most advisors. 32% say it could pose a threat to advisors' businesses. 25% think it will not. And most, 43%, say they don't know yet. Listen, just like online travel agencies, you cannot replace the human touch. You cannot replace the human connection. We cannot be afraid of this. We have to use it to just amplify our superpowers. (laughs) Yes. And I am thinking about some of the itineraries I've seen where people have tried to put together, let's just say like a week in Italy, for example. Yeah. It is what you can find from any travel blog online. There is no customization. Is AI going to book the logistics for them that are so complicated to figure out in terms of trains and transfers? No, they can offer suggestions maybe, but they're really not going to be able to personalize based on the client's preferences. So if that is important to your client, then that's where you still can show your value. I absolutely do not believe AI is going to replace advisors at all. And I think you you put it perfectly when you're like advisors using AI are going to have the upper hand. Yep, absolutely. Regardless of advisors' current plans to use AI, nearly three-fourths or 73% of advisors want more education about the technology. However, 88% of agents have no plans to implement AI training programs for their staff. Are you offering anything for your team on how to best utilize AI right now? Well, no, but I have an idea in mind for working on messaging and copy for my advisors, like doing Mm one-on-one meetings and plugging it all in and working together to come up similar to the little template snippets in the objections, like coming up Mm -hmm. with things for them to feel comfortable saying in their email templates, on their social media, all that stuff. And obviously now my travel biz boss brain is fired up wondering if if we need to have some kind of a workshop for people to just go through some ideas for how they can use it. I mean, I I have used ChatGPT to write social media captions that introduce my team. And I ask specifically for social media captions because the way they write out the copy for that is different than if you were to ask them to write a blog, for example. And so they have, so for example, I just say, um, please write a social media caption for Instagram about my team member, 
um, Sally. Sally specializes in these kinds of experiences. Her favorite destinations are this. And her favorite thing about working as an advisor is this. And they will spit out a social media caption that you can tailor and then post. So yep. you don't have to use a lot of brain space to think about how can I write this perfectly? And I'll let them know from what perspective I want them to write the particular captions. So all in all, give it a try. Just try it. Yes. You might find yourself down a 12 hour rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah. Speaking from experience, I remember the day yes, I started, exactly. I remember the day I started, we were out to dinner with some friends and I'm just like, you know, I can't wait to get home so I can play around with go. GPT somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. And I realized I can access it on my phone. So then I was like out at dinner when everyone was talking, I'm like, ugh, kind of bored. And so, you know, just typed it in and I was write just, some copy, write some copy. And it's just like, copywriters I, are the ones whose jobs might be replaced, <laughs> but still a machine yeah. is never going to understand the way that another human being does. But I would say that is the most threatened mm-hmm. job out there, not travel advisors. But you can also ask it different questions. Like, for example, I am in a book club and I am stressing about what book I want to choose when it comes my turn to choose a book. And I want to make sure the book is entertaining, but also educational. And so I asked ChatGPT to suggest books that met the parameters that I set. And they gave me five options with the overall scenario of each book so I can choose from that list. And so it could be used for so many different things. Yep. Well, are we ready for some excess baggage? Oh yeah. All right, it's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Tropical Storm Lee could hit the Caribbean this weekend. According to the National Hurricane Center, Lee is forecast to become a major hurricane by late this week and could hit the Leeward Islands sometime this weekend. Another one from them highlights two new itineraries for 2024 from CIE. The first is Ireland's Wild Atlantic Way, a nine-day guided tour that starts in Dublin and then takes guests along the country's west coast starting in Donegal, Ireland's northernmost county. The second is a CIE Scottish and Irish Sampler, a seven-day tour that includes visits to three capital cities, Edinburgh, Belfast, and Dublin. Travel Pulse reports that for a limited time, Riviera River Cruises has announced complimentary upgrades of lower and middle deck cabins on all European waterway departures in July and August 2024, with the exception of the Douro River. One, another one from them says that Intrepid Travel and multimedia travel company Atlas Obscura created a new partnership to offer small group Atlas Obscura Adventures, which replaces Atlas Obscura. That's a tough one for me. Atlas Obscura's tour segment. Travel Agent Central reports that over 93% of American Airlines' 26,000 plus flight attendants on Wednesday authorized Association of Professional Flight Attendants leadership to call a strike if they don't receive pay raises. They also report that air traffic controllers in France are set to go on strike September 15th. According to Travel Weekly, Hilton has pledged to roll out 20,000 electric vehicle chargers across 2,000 hotels in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico as part of an expanded partnership with Tesla. Another one from them says that demand for hotel concierges is higher than ever. Far from relying on internet guides and self-booking tools, guests appear to be utilizing the concierge desk more frequently. 
And what I hope is a high note today also comes from an article in Travel Weekly. After pausing its calls to Maui following the devastating Lahaina fire, Norwegian Cruise Line is returning to the island or did return on September 3rd. And that's it for Excess Baggage. The headline about demand for hotel concierges, it reaches me deeply because that is one thing that I have been utilizing more when booking mm-hmm. clients, especially into you know five-star properties, because there are just some things that hotel concierges can help you with so much more quickly than if you were to try and use like a DMC or a tour operator. And the things they assist with, even if they're not paying any commission to me, they're so like the commission amount would be so low that I would prefer the ease and convenience versus trying to navigate that myself. Absolutely. Yep. So if you're having issues with figuring out transfers or figuring out dinner reservations, uh, reach out to the hotel concierge because they'll be able to assist you with that. Uh, they'll they let know you know the that. transportation company to use for transfers. And because it's tied to the hotel, I feel more at ease that they will be taken care of uh, versus, mm-hmm. you know, if a driver for some reason doesn't show, whatever it is. So use the hotel concierge as a tool. I've done that. I do that 100% of the time in Venice because... For the water taxis? You know, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Because, you know, it's like either they're going to stop at one of the stops close to it. Like the hotel concierge knows which, what is the best way to get there. And Mm -hmm. we'll usually send you the information. And I don't care about my $12 of commission. I just want my client to get as close to the door of that hotel as they can. Exactly. Yep. Because a call in the middle of the night, because they can't find their water taxi, is not worth the $12 of commission you'll make. So... And I know you see me drinking water, but it's not just water. It's water with an ashwagandha tincture in there for oh. for stress and anxiety that hotel concierge <laughs> help me mitigate. So, <laughs> so my concierge drops. Yes. <laughs> just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.